welcome to SauceCast. Coming up, we have Pastor Marco interviewing Pastor Steve in a Q&A session we had at one of our leadership seminars. How was the Chick-fil-A? It's good. Close on Sundays. Um, so before this last session, I thought I'd spend a few minutes just talking about a few things that I think that we're all kind of thinking about. So I want to just kind of bring it to light. And uh, I think we'll use this as part of our sauce cast. You know, put it out there and just hopefully help some people as well outside of this room. But I thought we'd start with the fun one. I want you kind of touched on it already, but what do you think about Kanye and what's going on with him right now? You know, uh, sometimes it's hard to sense God in things, but once you do, you kind of never forget that feeling. And I sense God in this thing. So uh, the funny thing about God is he always gives you enough to doubt. He always gives you enough to believe, and he always gives you enough to doubt. Now, you have to figure out whether or not you're a believer or a doubter. So I, I, I want to pray that Kanye stays strong the whole rest of his life, you know, and all, all, all other things so forth. But what about right now? I think it's very powerful. Everybody's talking about Jesus. And um, I don't worship the guy, you know? Um, you know, I don't, want, I don't want to say I think he's a genius or whatever, but he might be. He might be a savant kind of guy or whatever. But, but some of what he's done on that album is beyond music. It's, it's spiritual. It's, it's on another level, almost to the point where the church could look at itself and be a little bit ashamed that we have not done something that creative about the Lord, that powerful. Um, I, th I think it's at the end of the song, God Is. There's this, uh, it's like a human voice, a girl's voice that's been like digitized or whatever, and it just keeps going over and over again, like in this, this little riff over and over again over and over and over and over and over. It's like, I would never do that. <laughs> but it, it, it's almost like this. It's almost like the, it's, 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 it's another level of prophetic that gets into your spirit and it almost like it just keeps driving that song deeper down into your heart, who God is. I, I want to say, you know, anyway, I'm really happy, really happy for him, but for the church, for that album, I pray it makes a billion dollars, if, if, if money is any indication, so that all of Hollywood that doesn't like Kanye can say, hmm, and all the Christians that don't like, I don't know what they don't, wouldn't like. I mean, is there one thing he says on that entire thing that isn't powerful and awesome and true and... I mean, I don't know. He might not be your cup of tea. I love music. That's good music. And I love the Lord. That's everything about the Lord. And 
again, I just think God has given us enough to be doubters about for people that want to doubt. I don't want to be a net. I don't want to be a net. I can sense the Lord. Yeah, because the way I think about it is, what does that say about my heart if all I'm thinking is on the negative and on the skeptical, on the wait until he messes up so I can tell you so? Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that to me reveals a lot about my own heart because I was talking to a few of our leaders on this thread we have. I'm like, to me, that's just, we're all frauds then because that should be a question your own salvation. How did you get here? Right? How did you stumble your way to God? Right? Did you get it all perfect all at once? Or did we forget? To me, this is what you do is it should bring us back to that love, that raw love for Jesus. That you didn't know how to say everything, so you said Jesus over and over again. That's what he did basically in every song. And yeah. he set every believer free to say Jesus. Because all our Christian artists now are like, careful how not to say Jesus. And he comes and says, can I say Jesus like a hundred times? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and, and to me, it's like, how do I not cheer that on and egg that on? Because I'm just seeing him as a new believer. Like, I don't care how a new believer comes. But a long time ago, you gave us this illustration about youth ministry. You said youth ministry is like a kid on the highway. And he keeps hitting the guardrails because he doesn't know how to drive here. But you're like, thank God for the guardrails and thank God that he keeps driving forward. So why don't we encourage that person that keeps hitting the guardrails, but it's like, hey, he's driving. He's going, he's going forward. Right? I think that's a good thing. So how do you, um, you know, one of the, 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 the challenges of the type of church that we believe we should be driven, passionate, excellent, is, is the challenge of, okay, what about everything else? So I don't believe in the word balance. I think it's a myth. Right? Someone just asked me this yesterday, you know, about balance between what he believes he should be doing and his marriage. I'm like, I think balance is a myth. But talk about that a little bit for us. How do we, quote unquote, balance this whole church being excellent and then family and everything else? Yeah, I, I tell you, this is a really, really good question because um, the, the, the answer to your family is radical Christianity. The answer to your family is a radical church. The answer to your marriage is a radical church. Um, radically involved. I, I, I tell you, well, my wife's, you know, here's the thing. The best wife you're ever going to have is the one who's radically saved. The best husband you're ever going to have is one who's radically saved. The best thing you're ever going to have for your kids is a radical church. Um, when you talk, talk about balance, what are you talking about? Like money? Um, the golf course, going to the movie. I, I don't understand. What, what it, tell me what it is you're talking about because then we can figure it out. But if you're talking about um, living, he, here's the thing. Um, we are here for a very um, microscopic amount of time on earth. The whole rest of eternity is in paradise so unexplicably glorious that it cannot be put into words. And so the Lord even struggles to give us what it's like in the Bible. It's all prophetic and so forth. But just, just know this. It's beyond anything you could ever imagine. For trillions and trillions and trillions of years with the Lord in something beyond anything you could ever imagine, that's eternity. 
We're here on a little tiny microscopic speck of time. How should we be balanced? Let's, let's wait who we are and what we are and what we do toward that, toward eternity, and, and figure that, that um, I, I, I just don't know what balance means because um, a lot of times people are saying, um, you know, on Monday night we have the soccer game and then on Tuesday night we have this thing and then on Wednesday. Well, how, how, about, if we, how about if we be radical men and women of God with our kids? You, you know what? I'm going to get me started on this because I really feel like the church is so about playing church. Yeah. I, I tell my leaders, your kids can play soccer all they want as long as it's not on Sunday and you've got to get up at 11 o'clock in the middle of church service and drag your kids out of here with their soccer shoes on and say, we're going to do something important now, so we have to leave this other thing because we know what's more important is to not be here but to be there. And then you wonder why your kids at 14, 15 years old don't want to serve God, but you put that value in them when you didn't say, see, I, I, I say this, look, soccer's awesome, you can go play soccer, but on Sunday, this is what we do. You know, on, on, on ministry nights, this is what we do. When our, fam when our family from Pennsylvania comes, we talk about out of balance. When our family from Pennsylvania comes, and they're with us, and they're staying with us, and it's Sunday morning, you know, we were thinking we could spend the last few hours with them. Sure. Bring them to church. <laughs> bring them to church. You spend time with them. Bring them to church. I mean, I'm not, I'm not kidding you. I will let my kids know when they're this little um, how powerful and how important church is because when our family from Pennsylvania comes and they're getting ready to leave at 11 o'clock or 10 o'clock in the morning, they can be with us for the last couple hours of their stay as long as they come to church. Because yeah. that ingrains in their mind, man, dad loves the Lord, loves the house. If you are a nominal Christian, your kids won't serve God. If you're a radical Christian, your kids will. So that's what you guys can do with balance. Um, you, you, have to, you have to figure it out and say, um, this really, really is, is not a game. It's really true. It's really awesome. And uh, every person I've ever known that didn't worry too, too much about balance and just were radical Christians, their kids are awesome. Their families are awesome. They're not divided in a hundred different ways. They're not divorced a thousand times. They don't have all kinds of weird stuff happening in their house. There is such a thing as heritage. Now we can see the great-grandparents and the grandparents and the parents and the kids. We can see God doing something that is in a lineage and a heritage, an Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob thing. And it's not all over the map because, guess what? Their parents really aren't that radical. They're just Christians. They're just like Paul or they're just like Timothy or they're just like somebody else that serves Christ. And so when people talk about balance, they're really trying to say, how do I compartmentalize this little tiny portion of my life and not aggravate God? Right. That's so good. And it's not, there's just no such thing as be a Christian. So good. Um, earlier you talked about how, you know, we should be a little bit more, even, you know, you, you joke about being more Luke B and say more things like God told me, right? But what's interesting is <laughs> I've been talking a lot about this because, the people that say God told me a lot of times are completely out of whack because the rest of what God told me was also submit, right? God also says fall under leadership, right, and, and, and be submissive because sometimes 
what God's telling you might be something that leadership has not heard yet. So if God is telling you, is, didn't God already say that he puts a, a leader in place? Yeah. That, right? It's, like, so, the, it's so, like the Trump card, you know, the ace. Exactly. That's why I call it the Trump card. God yeah. told me. It's interesting. Recently, I've had three people who said God told me they're supposed to leave the church, and now they all come back. So is God schizophrenic? <laughs> right? So I want to talk about that because it's so important. Because I think there's a difference between, the way I wrote it is, how do you discern between emotions in the spirit of God. Because I think sometimes we're getting those mixed up. We're thinking our emotions is the spirit of God. And usually, why is it that only God tells you when you're offended? You, you know, I, I, I have to say, um, regardless of what God tells you, let's, let's all agree that God gives us a pastor. Puts us under leadership. Submit to those that have oversight over you. You know, and the Bible says it in, in many different ways. So I feel like God's telling me to leave the church, but let me go check with my pastor. Pastor, I think the Lord's telling me to leave the church. Can you pray about that? And, and, and I'll submit. Because, but, but we never do that. See, we don't really want to hear what he has to say. We would just want to throw down the trump card. Um, I'm not big into people saying, God told me, God told me, God told me, because um, we live by faith, not by God told you. If God told you something, if God told you, go buy that car and spend $286,000 on it, you don't need faith. God told you. See, um, we operate by faith. We operate by principles. God told me in his word. And so I just feel like that, that, is a Christian, that is a Christian trump card to just throw down. Yeah. Uh, I, can t I can count the times God spoke to me clearly on one hand. You know, so if you're going to say that, hopefully, you know, if you think God's saying, don't buy, don't buy, you know, whole wheat bread, buy the nine grain, you know. <laughs> I, think you, I think you might be kidding. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've been talking about Augustine. Love God and do what you will, right? Like, if you truly love God and you love his principles, then you're not going to violate that, including what leadership is and what structure is right. and what organization exactly. is. Exactly. You know, I just met with a pastor this week who was in a very tough situation. And all I want to tell him is leave. But I love the fact that he wants to honor the house he's in. Yeah. That he's like, man, I want to do this right. But yeah. I'm telling you, everything in the natural says leave. Yeah. Right? But he sought me out and says, hey, can you talk to me? And help me sort through this and pray mm -hmm. through this. Mm -hmm. But the whole time I'm listening to him, I'm like, man, just leave. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't need God to tell you. Like, they already told you to leave. <laughs> They're just hoping you leave. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I love his heart. He's just like, like I, I need a friend right now to help me yeah. discern through my emotions. Yeah. Right? In which we don't do. We just let emotions run right. Away, you know? Um, speaking of emotions, how do you deal with difficult people within teams? Right. You know, it's funny because everybody's difficult to <laughs> on one level or another. And, and I, I try to say, be as gracious and kind and, and, and so forth as you possibly can. But you can't, you can't throw, the, throw the team down for that one person, you know. And so I, I, would, I would let the person know that. Look, I know what feels good. I know what's a fit. This ain't it. Um, it it's, it's, not, it's not good 
for the team or whatever. But, but the thing is, how you communicate to people has to reflect the love of God for them. And so people are hurt, people are broken, people are insecure, people are, you know, all over the map and so forth. Can I, can I love this person? But let them know this is uh, ministry, it's important, this team is important. And you, you see, you know, it's like they say hurt people hurt people. Right. And sometimes people are bleeding and they, they want to they bleed all over the team. And it's like, no, you've you got you to sit down, you've got to get yourself healed, you've got to get yourself to the point where you can be healthy and then you could be a, a part of the team and so forth. But I think that um, as, as leaders, we have to really make sure that we communicate the most grace, gracious and, and anointed, uh, you know, God's words as much as you possibly can to bring healing to a person and not just be, you know, yeah. cut them off, cut their heads off. Just two more questions. Um, how can you help lead when you're not the lead person? How do you let lead from the middle, for example? Well, you know, I was talking about Edelman, Julian Edelman. I really feel like, to me, I could be a much better asset if I could be on a team as, as opposed to being the head of the team. Because as the head of the team, everybody thinks you're the head. All right, well, no wonder you're saying that you're the head. I need somebody on my team that, that's not the head that will say the same thing. You know, so it's almost like that person becomes more valuable because they're not the head, but they're saying the same thing. If I was on a team, I could be a, an asset. I could be a valuable team member because, first of all, I'm not shook by the fact that you're the leader and I'm not. Uh, I, I, I can add value um, to this team and not have to get all the credit. You know, that was my idea. You know, when I prayed for them, I felt the heat. I don't know what he told you he did, but I... I we always have to get credit somehow. It's insecurity and it's, and it's, it's pride and so forth. Um, if you write a re report and your boss crosses your name off and puts his name on there, bless him. That's awesome. I wrote a report and it helped you. Let me know if you need anything else. Let me know if you need me to edit it. Let me need, know if you need to add to it. I'm with you. I'm with the, you know what I'm saying? But when you have to stand up and everybody else is with you, he, he, he put his name on that report. You wrote the report, he put his name on it. You should be mad. <laughs> Wait a second. How about if I just lead from the middle? The report got written. All the changes we needed to have happen are, are happening. I'll lead from the middle. I remember one time um, I, was, um, I was trying to work with pastors. And you, you think working with people is tough. I was trying to work with If it with wasn't these. for people, ministry would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, if it wasn't for pastors, you wouldn't, you know. I don't want to say it, but. Sometimes pastors are the most insecure and toughest people to work because they always have to be like the shining star. And so I remember one time I was trying to work with these pastors and they were all trying to be the shining star and so forth. And I remember the Lord told me have them work for you. And I'm like, that's a great idea. And so I would tell the guy, hey, how about if you take over this, this, and this, and this, and you could be the head of that. And the guy's like, yeah, I'll be the head. I'll be the head of that. <laughs> Boom, he takes off. He's doing an unbelievable job. He's telling this other person, hey, you know, we need this and this and this done, but you, you want, I don't know if you want to head that. Oh, I'll be the head of that. And so I thought, like, this is awesome. So we go to the event. I'm nowhere to be found because these guys are the head of everything, right? And I'm sitting there in the front row thinking, this is awesome. <laughs> this is awesome. 
I didn't have to sit there in the front row and say, I'm the guy who told him to do it that. I didn't have to do that. It got done, and, and it was like the Lord says, see that? They're all working for you. <laughs> if you don't have to take the credit for something, you'd be surprised how set free you can be. That's good. Last question. How do you, uh, how do you keep your, your zeal, your passion for the Lord after all the years of putting your everything into it? Well, let me tell you this. The most powerful thing, the most powerful thing is the truth. It's the truth. And when you know the truth, everything else has to filter through that. And so, and so um, you, you, you know, I feel like, I feel like I don't need to live a passionate, zealous life. I need to live a principled life. And if I do, I will be passionate and zealous for the rest of my life. I will have zeal and passion because I am fixated on, on these principles. You know, like I said, love the, love the house. That is a principle. I am fixated on that thing. And so anyway, uh, I might get up in the morning, not you, because I know you're... You're not like me. On Sunday morning, Pastor Marco, I might get up in the morning and I might say, oh. And I say, God, let me enjoy this. Let this be an awesome day. Let, let this be an incredible day in your house. And I start to pray the principle of I love the house of the Lord. Yeah. Then before I get up and preach, I would say, Lord, speak through me. Let this, let this change people and help people. I'm going back to the principle. And then when I stand up there, everybody says, wow, that was so passionate. You don't realize I wasn't passionate when I was getting ready to get up there. I was, I was struggling whether or not I even wanted to get up there. Yeah. But I prayed the principle back into my life. I love the house of the Lord. I love the people of God. I might be a, 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 a fallen person or a weak person or whatever, but God will, will cause me to elevate to the principle. And so... I think passion and principle walk, work, work hand in hand. Zealous and principle walk, walk hand in hand. You can get a passionate person that fails on the principle, and they, they, they will tell you how passionate they are while they walk out the door. Or they'll tell you how passionate they are while they, while they do something that's totally unprincipled. Yeah. And everybody's saying, that, that guy is so passionate, so passionate, so unprincipled. Wait and see how long the passion lasts. You, you have to fixate on the principle. God has already shown us. This is the principle. Stay there and see if God doesn't keep that fire lit in you for the rest of your life because, you know, you're, you're anchored to something that's true. You're anchored to something that's true, and that's unshakable. I'll tell you, the truth is so powerful because it'll make you confident. It'll, make you, it, it'll keep you humble. You're not worried about what other people are thinking because you're anchored on the truth. The truth is, you're a good person. The truth is, you're a helper. The truth is, you were created for this. The truth is, you're not what the devil says you are. The truth, if you can get the truth, you can walk into that job interview and say, I'm here to help. I don't know how you made it this long without me. But I'm here to help because that's... I know who God made me to be, you know? And so, but people can't live like that. They have to live their lives through everybody else's lens. What will I look like? What will I sound like? What will I look, you know, did I say the wrong thing? Did I, do I look, do I, am I okay? Listen, drop all that stuff, fixate on the truth. Yeah. 
You're created in God's image. He loves you. Go be you. And see if that's not awesome. Awesome. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you later.